Hello, I'm Ben Harmon, the Director of Stills, a centre for photography based in Edinburgh and a registered charity. You're listening to a series of conversations with artists and photographers that we are in touch with to discuss and share their ideas during the time of the coronavirus lockdown. To learn more about Stills and to get involved or to support our work, please visit stills.org. Thanks for listening to Photography Down the Line. Hello, am I speaking to Kat Gollock? Yes, you are, Ben. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Kat. I'm glad about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been quite weird if it wasn't. <laughs> where are you and, and um, how are you and what, what might I be interrupting in terms of any type, kind of routine you have at the moment? Um, I am currently down in the Scottish borders. I'm locked down here. It's not where I live normally, but it's where I've ended up during lockdown. Um, so I'm down in Selkirk um, and you know, I think with everybody you're not really interrupting much. <laughs> Lockdown has brought a slightly more lax way of life um, but so yeah just normally I've been kind of trying to do like mornings I've just been kind of doing like exercise. I sometimes go out for a, a wee walk in the morning and then do, I've been doing quite a lot of online like yoga classes and Pilates classes just to try and keep some kind of connection to the outside world in some sort of routine. So I'd normally be doing that, but I used obviously this phone call as an excuse to just not do anything. And because I know, I know you like music a lot, I wanted to mm. add on to my first question. What, what are you listening to at the moment? Uh, I'm listening to a lot of um, like neoclassical things like Max Richter, uh, Hannah Peel, uh, Poppy Aykroyd because I find often in times of like not necessarily good or bad emotional situations but I find lyrics can be a little bit too um, emotive sometimes so I've been listening to a lot of classical like yeah instrumental stuff that's not that I can kind of get lost in a little bit more than anything that's sort of so there yeah Max Richter's a, a it's a fairly standard soundtrack for me anyway but um it's he him and Hannah Peel, Poppy Aykroyd, uh various other instrumental people like that. Is it Max Richter that did that Sleep album? It is yes. Did you did you ever see that? I didn't get to see it no there's <sighs> There was a, he did the last time I was almost went, I've never had a chance to see Max Richter, but the last time I think they did um, the, is it the Four Seasons when he did? I think he did that in Glasgow a couple of years ago and I was photographing a different gig so I couldn't get to go along. So Max Richter is one of those people that I've all, almost been to see and just missed. And I know that he did sleep down at some massive castle down south somewhere that was quite a big epic live thing that I it was one of those ones that I thought oh, I might should I travel down for that every now and then something will happen that you're like it might be worth the journey but mm. as ever life kind of gets in the way so no I've but sleep's a wonderful album that that plays an awful lot mm-hmm. in uh in my around my gaff yeah and you you mentioned there you're um photographing um music events and things and as a yeah. as a sort of commercial photographer that's your I don't know is it fair to say it's a, a sort of specialism or that's that those are the jobs you you tend to get photographing gigs and events and yeah like my sort of day-to-day 
um, when I'm not sort of wandering about taking pictures of trees and the countryside, <laughs> my sort of my work photography is basically events, live performance, all the things that got cancelled for lockdown, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, uh, but that's yeah. I've done that. Like I started off photographing gigs as a, a, a lot of photographers. That sort of crossover between music and photography is is obviously quite a strong link. Um, so that's that's where I started was doing gigs, <clears throat> excuse me, and then it just live events and and events in general just came out of that. And and is it is it difficult photographing live events? I'm think I'm I'm. I keep I can't get that um, that term event photography out of my mind, <laughs> which Richard DeMarco talks about an awful lot. Um, but but is it has it does it taken quite a while to get to get used to it? I mean, it must be difficult photographing, you know, think things that are are live, essentially kind of moving and changing all the time. Um, yeah, I I suppose so. Like it's it's it just really like I've I've had this discussion with uh, Robin Galanders before because he's obviously he spends a lot of time setting up his like portraits and is with being a studio photographer he's in complete control of everything that's going on and we've had the discussion where he's just like the thought of the thought of doing what you do cat scares me an awful lot <laughs> because it's so instant but I don't know I. Uh, I I do like the instant, the instantaneous nature of it, and I like the both the su surprise and success that comes out of that, but also to a certain extent the failure that comes out of that because the the disappointment of not catching the the moment that you want, whilst it's dis it is disappointing, it it it, it keeps you kind of moving forward and trying to be a bit better. At what you do so I'm always kind of trying to nail it down through that success and disappointment so I like that side and also it's the disappointment is it's taught me to kind of you can't get every single photo so I don't beat myself up about missing photos which mm. I think as a photographer you can you spend your life looking at everything around you and how it can make a, a what a great composition it was or that would make an amazing photo or, or photos that you wish you'd taken. And that can, that can drive you a little bit insane as a photographer. So the, the gig, the gig photography that I do in the live event stuff has taught me to be able to be a little bit more mellow about letting go of some of those, which can be uh, a, a positive thing. But then also, yeah, the, the, the sort of disappointment of not getting that instant shot means that I then, I kind of question why and hopefully it keeps me moving forward and bettering myself as a photographer. I don't know if it's different. The thought of doing still life to me, I find, or like wildlife photography, which is obviously, you know, hours and hours of waiting for a shot, whereas my job's often just done in an instant. So mm -hmm. uh, I would find the idea of doing wildlife photography or, or still life more daunting than the work that I do. Mm. so it's hard to gauge if it's difficult or not because <laughs> it's just what what it is that I do and it's where yeah. I, I'm most comfortable taking pictures to be honest is is yeah. in something that's going on in front of me and a lot of them are are, are of musicians are there um are there photographers that you're you particularly like that have you know photographed musicians thinking of someone like Nick Rock or 
Uh, Mick Rock's mental. I do love, I love him for that. Um, the Penny Smith, um, the two yeah. that really influenced me as a teenager, like my, I was the classic, like I grew up in the, you know, as a teenager in the sort of early to mid nineties. So I kind of caught the end of grunge and was old enough, well, 15, 16 for the, the Britpop ear which so my my wall all my every inch of my wall in my bedroom was was photos of some description of some musician whether it was mm-hmm. Kurt Cobain or Courtney Love or Pearl Jam or Oasis or Echo Belly or Elastica or whichever you know it kind of transitioned from American grunge into Britpop because that was what I was embedded in at the time um, and so it, music photography has always been around me. And so particularly with bands like R.E.M. and, and, and Nirvana's uh, Anton, and Joy Division, so it's Anton Corbin, was, uh-huh. he, he, he adorned my walls an awful lot. And Penny Smith was the other one because I, the thing with Penny Smith, A, because she was a, a woman, mm. which, you know, people, you know, like recently I went to see the Lyndon McCartney exhibition at, um, yes. at Kelvin Grove, which was, Again, it's one of those uh, bittersweet moments of, of I'd always grown up thinking of Linda McCartney as Paul McCartney's wife, and then actually the, the 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 amount of amazing photography that was in that retrospective at Kelvin Grove was wonderful to see, but kind of really disappointing that it I'd hadn't known about it because she was kind of hidden behind Paul McCartney. Um, but so Penny Smith being a female um, and I, I've always really liked, I mean, the, the picture of Paul Simonham smacking his base off the ground, the front cover of London Calling is still yeah. across the board sort of nominated or voted as one of the best music photographs of all time, which is pretty true. But I like the fact, I like how understated Penny Smith always was and she just kind of, because she's photographed it, she photographed the strokes, she photographed Blur, you know, she's kind of continued through the sort of music from the 70s, like one of the first people she photographed was Pete Townsend, I think for NME. So she's been going from that point all the way through to now. And she just is really understated and turns up with her little sort of photography, little sort of case of little camera. And and I always kind of uh, empathize with that because that's kind of how I photograph. I've got a little rucksack with uh, one camera and one zoom lens and there's a pressure in photography to have the biggest kit and the best kit and have lots of it and you know have the most expensive stuff and and actually sometimes you just need to rock up with your your little <laughs> DSLR and your one zoom lens in a, in a battered rucksack and and you can still get what you need to get so I'd always Penny Smith has been a huge kind of just a sort of little little music photographer sitting on my shoulder since a very young age. It, it makes me think of Jane Bone um, and her, um, you know, well-known kind of black and white photography, mostly portraits of, well, portraits mostly. She worked for the Guardian Observer for a long, long time. And mm-hmm. she used to, she used to carry her, her camera, a, a, yeah, 35 millimeter Olympus in a, in a, some kind of wicker basket, I think. Kind of Brilliant. Put, <laughs> I love that stuff. Yeah. I remember I was um particularly when I started out like as a like professional after I'd left college and was kind of tentatively finding my way uh, you know you, you, I remember assisting for somebody and he does um 
a lot of the sort of art reproduction for the galleries in in Scotland. So his it's a very different type of work than I do, but he, you know, he I remember him opening up his boot of a car and he had like his iMac, his like um tethered digital medium format. There was just so much equipment and I was not long out of college and was like, oh dear God, I'm not even like I mean I'm quite little. I'm five foot two. So it's the thought of having to lug all this stuff was really it's like, do you have to take that to is that what you've got to do to be a photographer? And I remember doing a couple of sort of press calls and just this sort of, I mean, press photographers individually are lovely, but as a group, they're quite intimidating. <laughs> They've got like 18 cameras each and they're all, and some of them have ladders so that they can get a bit higher. And I remember being really sort of intimidated by that and thinking, is that, oh my God, is that what I've got to is that what I'm competing with? But then I remember, you know, you got a wee Penny Smith on my shoulder going, well, you know, I, and she's so super humble about it all. And she, you know, cause if she's been interviewed about the clash picture and she's like, oh, it's a little bit out of focus. So I'm not really sure what the fuss is. <laughs> so I do, I have that, you know, of like, it's not, it's not necessarily about having this huge amount of kit. It's about, using you know trusting what you see and the equipment that you've chosen that you feel comfortable with to deliver that sure. I guess so sure. um yeah that's... You, mentioned, you mentioned um Robin Galanders which is nice and sort of reciprocal because he mentioned you and well, I spoke to him a few weeks ago yeah it's very kind of him um, he, he was talking in relation to the the Jill Todd Photography Award bursary that you you mm -hmm. you're the recipient of well we'll talk about that in a minute but I wanted to ask first he he taught you at Napier. He did, yeah. Uh, how, how important has that been to you? Um, I remember because I went to Napier, I went straight, I went in at third year because I'd, um, I'd, I'd done, I did an HND at Stevenson, which is now Edinburgh College. And then I'd worked in the industry for a little bit, for like two, three years. And actually following, I did an internship at Stilson, so that would have been like 2009. Um, and I remember then being in the, the stills environment and being like, actually, I want to I want to start learning again about photography and taking my practice a bit further. And um, and so I applied to Napier and, you know, I, they were like, would you go into second year? And I was like, no, because I think it would I work better a little bit under pressure. So I, I, I wanted to kind of, you know, going in at second year, I felt wasn't going to benefit me. So I think Robin was, a, and I know now because we're, we're getting very well, is that I think he was a little bit sceptical <laughs> about this person coming in in third year straight in. Um, and my first ever class at, uh, at Napier going in in third year was was with Robin, actually. And it was at the old campus up at Marchmont, which I think is now uh flat i think it's like an old mm -hmm. school i think mo mentioned it actually in her interview yeah. her podcast interview. um and i didn't know the code to get in the door because there was like a keypad so i didn't know so i ended up being late for robin's first <laughs> my first class with robin i ended up being late for uh which he wasn't very impressed about and i had to in front of everybody be like i just i didn't know the door because he said he made some comment about cat it's you know i know that you're new here but it's often good to be on time for your your <laughs> lectures and I was like ah yeah I just I didn't know the door code to get in actually <laughs> so then he said he was very sorry and the first piece I ever handed in to him he was like I'm nervous cat I can't see where this is, this is gonna go I don't know how you're gonna resolve this piece and then I handed something in and he was really supportive and really liked it we still talk about it now and then from that point forth like Robin 
Um, I mean, I, to, to, you know, essentially I wouldn't be doing what I do now if it hadn't been for the support of both Robin and his wonderful uh, partner and wife Marjorie and Roberta actually, who was my other tutor at, um, at Napier and they were the two, that kind of, the sort of those two and, and, and the, the support of Marjorie as well has been invaluable actually. So I, sure. I, I haven't, I don't, I genuinely, and still I don't, they're the kind of that little photography community that, that I, ha I found myself in through the Galandos and through stills. I think I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't be still doing what I do now if it hadn't been for that support. Mm. So yeah. yeah, he's quite some, quite some guy, Galandos, isn't he? <laughs> he is mm. indeed, yeah. And and he is very involved with the Jill Todd Photography yeah. Award and has been, I think it's in its seventh or eighth year. I should know that, but but you are the recipient of the current bursary, and that's one of the main reasons I'm speaking to you today is that your Ooh. exhibition would have opened at Stills on Thursday evening this week. Um, that's right. Yeah. And, yeah, it um, yeah, and we're going to put something. There'll be some some. Um, some of the work will go online and but you sent me just yesterday the work that you've made for for the bursary um, uh -huh. it's really incredible to see that this combination of images and text and yeah the... we're all the children of Galanders we're all <laughs> you can tell us all because we're all image and text people <laughs> yeah yeah but can you I think the, the title is the here and there a pre-established collection of uncertainties could you say That's a little right. bit about the work I know it's difficult because the two of us are the only people here that have seen it. I've seen it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, basically, the work was, uh, it had been an idea that I'd been thinking about for a, a bit of time um, uh, before, like on the run up to the Jill Todd announcing this new bursary. Because obviously, up in like last year, I, I, it was, you had to be, was it three or four years out of university? That's and then right. you didn't qualify anymore. So I, I was out with that uh, that realm and then they obviously changed it up last year. So it was like, oh, okay. And it, it was one of these things that I'd been mulling over. But yeah, essentially the work was just, um, it stemmed out of me, the age I am, like I'm now 40. Um, and over the past sort of three or four years, my work is my sort of personal experience exploratory work in photography has been about this idea of hitting that particular that kind of age group you know I've started to go it's one of those things you know you notice it when you've got to move up a tick box on like questionnaires and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> are you 25 to 35 and now I'm like oh god right I'm not in that tick box category anymore <laughs> um and it you know it's it's this sort of a lot of the work that I've done recently has been exploring more sort of introvertedly exploring how I feel about turning that that it getting into that age group and and the things that I perhaps should have done or feel like I should have done and haven't done and the things that I did that I never thought I would and kind of marrying up the life that I have with this sort of it's a childhood notion of well by the time I'm 40 obviously I'll have a job be married and have children because that's what I'm supposed to do and when you don't have that you start to kind of question what what is success and what is failure particularly as a, a, a woman in your late 30s early 40s because there's certain things that you you're you're taught to think you should have and if you don't have them what, what does that make you and I did quite a lot of sort of personal work about that and then 
you know, I then kind of wanted, once I kind of got to grips with that, I then wanted to, it, it, it seemed natural to me to start to speak to other women of the same, in the same age bracket um, and, and try and understand generally what, what women, my peers and women that I know and a sort of a cross section of people, women of my age and, and, and how to, how, how we all feel about that aging process. And so essentially the work just came out of that, came out of, I just wanted to explore that really and have the time and the space and the opportunity to do it. And the Jill Todd bursary, the, the opportunity to, I think even if the, it's been wonderful, it's been such a wonderful experience and the Jill Todd is, the bursary has been really supportive and facilitated me to do that. But it, it, you know, even just the having the opportunity to vocalize a proposal and put it into words to make it cement it in your mind regardless of whether or not you're successful in the process of getting a bursary is, is a good thing to have it's a good thing to aim for so that you yourself as an artist can go yeah that is something I want to learn or mm. try and figure out so yeah that's essential the work is it was me talking to women wandering about trees <laughs> yeah yeah and the, and the result is images of photographs of landscapes either uh, quite empty landscapes or with sometimes with solitary figures and then text underneath quite short text which really it really kind of sort of interrupts what what you're looking at in the sense mm -hmm. that they're very honest sort of <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, um, so, yeah I've got one in front of me there's a, a photograph of some trees and it, it's also hard not to kind of read you know I, I wanted to ask you when these were made because it's hard not to think oh you must have made these in the last couple of weeks because it seems to be about a kind of um a, a kind of loneliness i suppose um yeah the, the, the one i'm looking at is an image of trees very sort of beautiful portrait image of a of a sort of tree filled landscape and uh, a woodland and underneath the text says in other ways you're just so much more vulnerable because you've got so many more wounds and a little bit more broken yeah that's <laughs> it's quite it's quite depressing when you, <laughs> you pull them out individually um yeah it was it was a it was an interesting experience like and i think i've spoken i've spoken to i spoke to you i think about it and a couple of other people over the, the like because i pulled i've been working on this since well like the the award was announced in august last year i think and then obviously i freaked out for a couple i was excited because then I'm like brilliant, and then you have that period of freaking out because you're like, well, now I've got to, I've got to make the work, so that's quite daunting in itself. Um, and then so October time, I kind of really started to throw myself into the actual process of it. Um, and then you know I've I've been working on it for like six months, and then now to pull all the threads together at a time when it's so different. <laughs> like lockdown is has brought such a different perspective on on everybody's life to so to to work to pull together images and text that i'd collated in normal life and then it's hard not to see lockdown in it when you're taking walks on your own through forests thinking about life so it's it's it is there is a i can see that there is a kind of lockdown sense to it um but it's it is it's more hopefully when it gets seen as a like a 
a lot of the work I do is image and text and I think yeah if you pull different ones out individually they they stand alone but yeah. then hopefully when you look at it as a as a collection there's a little bit more there's moments of isolation but also there's a sort of hopefully a, a community feeling to it as well because we were kind of all going through it together somehow sure. the, the process of aging really because there are moments when you you know you feel you're completely on your own and then you sort of tentatively reach out and realize the relief when everybody else is kind of struggling a bit or enjoying the same things that you do or feeling the same you know monthly menstrual pain or such you know it's just it's i think there's it's there's peaks and troughs to the whole thing i guess mm. i mean there's i there's a lot there's humor and there's sort of stuff. <laughs> work for sure um and yeah there, there are 28 images i think in the series aren't there so they will yeah. be shown wherever they are they'll be in in a, in a shown in a kind of sequence and mm -hmm. and the exhibition at stills will happen it's just obviously yeah. postponed at the moment um was was the sequence that they're in was that sort of in order of the the conversations that you had or you have you thought no more? the way i um the way I, I just i basically just you know the usual thing of just i edited i think i had like six or seven hundred images in the end because I, I walked with 14 different women over the time and the, with with the intention of doing more but obviously sort of trying to the schedule that we all have is sort of slightly difficult to mm. get everybody sort of uh nailed down to do it um and so i think that the the process that i did was i the walks the walk and talks themselves were sort of individual sort of conversation between me and one other woman but then once i did the initial edit down so i had like six or seven hundred images and i edited it down to a manageable amount of sort of between 80 and 100 and then obviously you keep chipping away at it and so excuse me my process was to not necessarily sort of anonymize the, the whole thing is anonymous you know there are mm. i've not sort of named anybody and the the because i wanted it to be more like a, a anonymous but collaborative between all of us so not one person sticks out more than the other um and so the images i edited the images in that way as well so basically um just sort of you know chopped it down and chopped it down and chopped down until I had about 40 or 50 and then did the usual sort of lay them out as prints and on the floor and just pulled out the ones that made a natural um series to me so mm. that was it they're not they're not based on, so there's I think every walk that I went on is represented so I think there's at least one from every walk that I went on but there's obviously there's some that have two three some that have three or four some only have one so it was just more this kind of mm. pulling together of the whole thing all of it as a whole to make this one journey through the landscape yeah and, and i think in doing them in series it, it kind of emphasizes that um the 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 extent to which the experience you're describing and you're sort of giving voice to is a collective experience and an ex experience experiences a collection of experiences shared you know, by a generation or generations mm -hmm. of yeah. women, that it's not, it's not, this isn't a kind of a sort of, I, they're perhaps feelings one might feel in isolation, but there are mm -hmm. an awful lot of people um, feeling, you know, feeling what they are. Um, the same thing, yeah. In these quotes. Yeah, I mean, that was the, the impetus behind it, was the, the, I think in my proposal, I sort of mentioned that, you know, we weren't, 
we weren't the sort of old team that had, you know, second wave feminists, 70s and 80s women that had, you know, gone to the extremes to open up the doors for us and, and, and sort of take women's liberation a bit forward, further forward to sort of open up the doors for our generation coming through. And we also weren't the sort of younger generation that, you know, the, the sort of focus is on to, to new work and emerging artists and which is all wonderful and is all a part of you know maintaining a sort of diverse and you know culturally significant art like scene in our in our world and and culture in general but it was I was just I, I can't speak for either of those groups of people so I wanted to just really kind of just engage with the women of my age and and kind of give a voice to you know, we were kind of that middle ground of, we've been working at something for about 10 years and we're just kind of getting to that sort of plateau of like, is this us kind of finally making it? <laughs> Tentatively, like, is this what we're doing now? Am I a photographer? Am I a writer? Am I a musician? Or what's going on here? And then, you know, the old team who are just like, you know, we're, we're looking looking back and be, you know, they, they have the sort of, I think their their issues or the things that worry them or the things that they engage with as a, as a as a as a age group will be the same but different I guess in the same way that the young team will have the same uh, fear hopes and fears as as us but just different way of looking at it so I just wanted to kind of hone it down to that like but yeah hopefully there's I think throughout it there's universal always I think there's universal themes in it like yeah. isolation and loneliness and mm, humor yeah yeah for sure and and with the text uh the introductory text describing the work which which i should say will be will appear on the stills website this week and also, also the jill todd photography yeah. com, their website too um you've you offer this great gift of a reading list and a listening list ah yeah <laughs> yeah no I, but I, I love these so in the books you've got you've you know you're mentioning Nan Shepherd and Mary Oliver, uh, who who I keep her name keeps popping up everywhere. Rebecca Solnit, Cozy mm. Fanny Tutti, and then you've got listening. You've got Kate Bush, um, Catherine Joseph, Hannah Peel, and so on. So that those are um, they reference points for you while you were doing this project. I mean, all the books were were stuff that that I mean that's always my my sort of initial process anyway like I, I get it is this sort of a because music is a huge sort of passion anyway and each project that I do always kind of has like a there's always a, like an album that's like the the work that I did for projects 18 which is it stills obviously in 2018 it was there was a lot of Nick Cave and a friend of mine Loman Campbell did a really wonderful uh, album called uh, Black River Promise, I think it was called, and that that hugely influenced the the photos that I was taking at that time. And I kind of started to realise that there was the, there's certain albums that I listen to um, when I'm making a body of work, and I, it's I just kind of wanted to reference that. And then the books, I any any body of work, any work that I do always comes from a lot of reading. Um, and I just, I think I just wanted to, I just like, I, I don't know. I just think I wanted to, the, the, to if, if folk wanted to continue 
you know, the, the way that the, the work's done is that there's the images and then the, the, the quotes underneath are distilled from a larger essay, which is 4,000 words. So folk can either just look at the pictures and the quotes that I've pulled out. If they want to know a little bit more, they can then read the larger like writing, audio, like a piece of writing that I did. And then if folk want to get even more, then I recommend reading these books. Like the Outrun by Amy Lipchot was a, that was one of my sort of, the main things that I was reading throughout this process, when I really started to work on this body work, I was reading the first book that more than one person recommended to me was The Outrun. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's interesting to, to continue the, the you know the the sort of insight that I got as a result of my research and the, which uh, you, again this universal voice of sort of women going eh? <laughs> what's going on and and nature as well that's why Mary Oliver obviously is there Rebecca Solnit Nan Shepherd I remember reading I mean I I've, I've read The Living Mountain like three four times because it's it's short enough that you can. Yeah. power through it in like a week but it's also just such a beautiful piece of writing and a woman in the landscape which mm. of just engaging with nature in a way and the way she writes is just so sort of poetic and and lovely that I you know it's it, 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 it it's it's reading material that goes along with the work I think and also I think that I wouldn't have made the work without all this other source material and I think I, I quite want to recognize that and the the, the you know where my inspiration comes from because it's they're all amazing artists and performers and writers and yeah yeah sure i love i love that book a philosophy of walking by frederick gross and, it, and it's yes but nice it's roberta that recommended that to me actually. Ah, how nice yeah there's some great i mean brilliant quotes in there i actually scribbled one down it's a nietzsche quote he was he was obsessed with walking uh, and, he was, yeah. And uh, wrote in um, Ecce Homo, he wrote, um, sit as little as possible. Do not believe any idea that was not born in the open air and of free movement. Love that. Yeah, um, it's, that's the philosophy of walking. My, my sort of sketchbook to go along with this project is just a lot of writing from all the quotes <laughs> from <laughs> philosophy of walking and uh a few guys getting lost by rebecca solnit and yeah. uh, upstreams by mary oliver i've basically almost like transcribed all those books into my workbook because <laughs> like every second line is like oh it's a beezer of a quote about everything <laughs> yeah 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 and i suppose walking is something more you know i bet that book philosophy of walking has sold a lot more copies in the last <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> One of those, like Camus, the plague apparently has been, you know, on. Oh, has it? Stellar <laughs> list. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm mindful of time, cat, and I probably need oh, okay, to yeah, sure. things down a little bit. Um, and oh, there are lots of things I wanted to to ask you, but um, uh, so what? What is there anything else you would sort of reckon? Any sort of cultural reference points you would recommend to people at the moment that you've been looking at or watching perhaps things that you've gone back to other than the ones you've already mentioned um which i think what i've been I've, i mean i've been reading a lot and still like a lot of my i think the the, the thing i've really locked down is a funny it's funny place to occupy because in some ways it's it's great to have all the spare time but then in other ways it's a complete change of life and there's a lot 
that we're kind of we've lost and mm. so it's been I've quite enjoyed like having the the time to kind of figure out what I like doing without yeah you know there is literally been like a press pause because it's because it's not like I'm stuck at home and everybody else is carrying on it's like we're all on pause yeah. so it's been quite nice to 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 just discover what I actually quite like doing and so things like I've read a lot at the moment I'm reading a book called you play the girl which is about um the subtitle is on playboy bunnies princesses train wrecks and other man made women so it's about the representation of women in media but then also next to it, I'm looking at the tim walker book from his wonderful oh, yeah. things exhibition that's down at the vna which mm. i couldn't go to but my brother's in london so i made him go in my absence and he got me the book and it's a really beautiful thing so and and then it's things like my friend just um messaged me yesterday that you can do virtual tours of a lot of places and there's a virtual tour of frida Kahlo's house which i've started to tentatively do so i'm trying to i guess what i'm doing is i'm trying to just not watch millions of netflix although to be fair i have rewatched Shit's creek which i recommend to everybody um but i've been like doing little virtual tours like frank lloyd wright um his foundation is doing virtual tours to some of the places some of his buildings one a couple of which i visited in real life so i've kind of been in virtual tours of like exhibitions and things like that so that's kind of what i'm doing is to try and <sighs> try and just keep you know visit things even though i'm not able to visit things just sure. to kind of yeah. keep uh so things like frida Kahlo's house just to remember that there's actually real life out there um but there's nothing just re i read a lot of reading um i've reread a couple of the books on that list of my yeah that goes along with my exhibition like i i've reread upstream by mary oliver um so but nothing major each day kind of molds into something else and i kind of weirdly can't remember what i did the day before <laughs> I'm, I'm, i know that feeling <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just uh but yeah i think just i, I, I manage it's things like i'm managing to stay on top of like i'm signed up to a few sort of photography like the BG, bjp website you know i'm signed up to their daily newsletter and create a boom and Design and stuff like that. So I'm actually managing to read all the articles that I'm on mailing lists for, which I never really had the time to do before. <laughs> so that's been quite nice. Yeah. I'm up to date on all my <laughs> online reading, which is rare. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sparing some time. Oh no, thanks for phoning. And we really look forward to getting getting some of the work, your new work online on the Stills website this week, and also Jill Photography. Let me just get the website. Absolutely correct. JillToddPhotoAward.com, where where your your new work will also be shown this week. Mm. Um, and yeah, it'll have a life of its own at some point after yeah. all this. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's we'll get we'll get it out there, and then we'll figure out the sort of physical nature of it after that. But yeah, yeah, thanks so much for phoning. It's been lovely to chat to you. Not at all. Thanks so much, Kat. Take care. And, and okay. Cheers. Bye bye. Yeah. Speak to you later. Bye. bye.